We're going to do something a bit different today. I invite you to start reflecting on this text with a brief time of meditation. So I invite you to sit comfortably, to quiet your thoughts, take a deep cleansing breath, You can close your eyes if you like. Pause to rest in God's presence. Become aware of your breath. God, we are one in ways that we cannot fully comprehend. Each of us is unique, and yet each of us is connected to each other. each of us breathing the breath of life, a gift from you. We rest in you, O God. Amen. Jesus prayed for us, each of us, all of us, and we hear about it in the scripture passage that Nikki read for us this morning. Jesus asked that we would be one, even as Jesus and the Creator are one. Almost unimaginable unity a remarkable bond of oneness, such a strong connection, let them be one as we are one, Jesus said. Howard Thurman was an educator, a theologian, a scholar. He lived from 1899 to 1981. And in the 1940s, he moved to San Francisco to start the Church for the Fellowship of All People. In addition to the many other roles that he filled, Thurman was also a mystic. Their church in San Francisco included a room set aside specifically for meditation And worship services in the 1940s often began with 30 minutes of silence. In Thurman's many writings, 
the theme of unity comes up frequently. Let them be one as we are one, Jesus prayed. The spirit of that prayer seemed to turn over and over in Thurman's thoughts. He wrote, When I have lost harmony with another, my whole life is thrown out of tune. God tends to be remote and far away when a desert and a sea appear between me and another. I draw close to God as I draw close to my fellow people. The great incentive remains ever alert. I cannot be at peace without God, and I cannot be truly aware of God if I am not at peace with my fellow people. For the sake of my unity with God, I keep working on my relations with my fellow people. Jesus shared such a remarkable unity with God, the Creator. And the Gospel of John starts telling us about that oneness from its very first verses. In the beginning was the Word, who we will see as the Word made flesh in the person of Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John chapter 10 conveys to us that Jesus says, the Father and I are one. Flipping over to chapter 14, we hear Jesus say, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And today in our passage from chapter 17, as well as the verses that follow, Jesus again references oneness with the Creator, unity, Oneness is seen over and over again in the Gospel of John. And in those same pages, Jesus is also depicted as frequently spending time in prayer, communicating with, resting in the presence of the Creator. Unity like this is remarkable. Unity is a gift. But unity can be hard. Differences are easy to find. Unity can be difficult. So often our attention is drawn to what we do not have in common with others. We tend to focus on divisions and disagreements more often than we might focus on our commonalities. This might be part of human nature to see our differences standing out. It also can be used by systems of power to divide communities. Us versus them might be a tendency that we just see in human interactions. But then when communities are divided, it usually results in the powerful getting more power. Probably one of the 
most well-known labor strikes was the Delano grape strike that took place in Delano, California from 1965 to 1970. That strike took place because farm workers were being paid below the federal minimum wage and in unfair working conditions. But there was another strike prior to that strike in Delano, a successful strike that also took place in California organized by Filipino farm workers. Andy Imutan was one of the original Filipino workers who went on strike in 1965, and he shared this. After a successful first strike, we did it again, this time in Delano where wages were also starting at $1.10 an hour. However, the struggle became a lot harder when Mexican workers started crossing the picket lines. There was no unity between the Mexicans and the Filipinos. The growers were very successful in dividing us and creating conflict between the two races. Let me read that again. The growers were very successful in dividing us and creating conflict between the two races. Andy Imutan goes on to say, so Larry Itliong and I decided to take action by seeing Cesar Chavez, the leader of the National Farm Workers Association. We met to come up with a plan that would be beneficial for everyone, including the Mexican workers. However, Chavez said that his organization was not yet ready to go on a strike. It took several discussions and a lot of faith, but finally the Filipino and Mexican workers joined as one on September 16 to picket the Delano work, the growers. On March 17, 1966, we set out on a march from Delano to Sacramento that initially only had 70 farm workers and volunteers. But by April 11, less than a month later, as we climbed the steps of the state capitol, there were 10,000 supporters who had joined us in the cause. By working together, these Filipino and Mexican farm workers were stronger, were able to support each other, were able to achieve some of their goals, bringing them closer to fair working conditions. They were able to affect change and arrive at a better wage for all. The easiest way to oppress people is to divide us. But when groups come together as one, they are often able to make steps
toward a better world for all. Let them be one as we are one, Jesus prayed. In this union between Jesus and the Creator, we see perfect oneness. And yet, they are very different. God the Creator is not seen. Jesus is very much seen, literally seen, teaching large groups of people. Jesus lived a unique human life with a story all his own, in a family, in a community, in a hometown, with friends and interactions specific to his time in history. And somehow, he maintained his own unique identity while also being fully united with God. The Belgic Confession says it this way, these persons, the Creator, Christ, and Spirit, thus distinct, are neither divided nor fused or mixed together. For the Father did not take on flesh, nor did the Spirit, but only the Son. The Father was never without the Son, nor without the Spirit, since all these are equal from eternity in one and the same essence. There is neither a first nor a last, for all three are one in truth and power, in goodness and in mercy. The Athanasian Creed focuses on the Trinity, specifically the equal nature of the three persons in the Trinity, saying, and in this Trinity, no one is before or after, greater or less than the other, but all three persons are in themselves co-eternal and co-equal. So in God we see this perfect picture of mutually supportive but distinct, diverse persons. The Creator did not pretend to be Jesus. Jesus did not pretend to be the Spirit. Each has a unique identity, a unique personhood, and specific roles and actions. But all three are equal. All three fully support each other. All three are one in truth and power, goodness and mercy. Jesus faced many challenges. And as he prayed this prayer in our passage for today, the days of some of his greatest challenges were quickly approaching. But he found strength in the solidarity he shared with the Creator. He found comfort, joy, support in the oneness they shared. They were different, unique, but fully connected to one another. And that oneness is something that Jesus invites us to experience as well. The early church would also face many challenges. The easiest way to oppress, even squelch, 
the early church would have been to divide it. But drawing strength in large part through connection with one another, the early gatherings of our family of faith continued and grew and found joy. And even today, we are invited to that same kind of unity while being many and unique we are invited to be one with each other scripture tells us about what it means to be one people of faith and community leaders who have gone before us echo these themes but today I am especially thinking of how this impacts all of you who are confirmands joining the church today. How do these ideas play out in your own lives and in the future that we all share? And so I'm thinking of what it means to be a good friend, a good neighbor, a good community member, a good person in this world. And I want to close today with your thoughts, Confirmands, the things that you have shared with all of us on this theme. Noah, thank you for sharing this. I believe that to achieve unity together with fellow people and God, we must love one another as we would love ourselves. We must strive to have a community in which everyone is accepted and loved, including people who may not be as fortunate as others. We should always, in every circumstance, treat every person equally no matter their belief, race, or social status. We must share with one another, and we must use our knowledge of God and the world and share that knowledge with others. Jude, thank you for sharing this. Jesus taught us how to pray and have peace among everyone. Amen. Samantha, the Holy Christian Church is God's house. The church exists to worship the life of God and proclaim God's love. The church supports and participates in the work of God every day. Thank you for that. And Amaya, thank you for writing this. I believe that all people who share a belief in God have a duty to serve their beloved community and follow a righteous path. All people are one in Christ, so to shun or oppress another for selfish reasons would be to ostracize yourself. Thank you all for those and so many more insights and wisdom that you've shared with us. Friends, Jesus prayed for us, all of us, that we would be one even as 
Jesus and the Creator are one. Thanks be to God for that great gift. Amen.